Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdom. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm VM, your comic book nerd. Ali, how are you, you guys ever... doing? I'm doing well. Whoa, 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 whoa. A bunch of voices going on. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Oh, I'm doing well. Ali asked how we were doing. I was going to ask him if he's ever like donned a uh, Santa suit for class. And went into. Uh, I have not, but I have worn a, a Santa hat before. Uh, like an, wow! Like it sold out. Hmm. Yeah, we were at a party, uh, a Christmas party, and I wore it. <laughs> That's. Now, did you ever like? Uh, did you ever like go into class like talking about like how the the fucked up capitalist ideals ideals of like Santa Claus and everything? I have ruined people? Christmas. Is what you're trying is what yeah, you're yeah. asking. I have. I've said uh, <laughs> Santa was a capitalist pig. <laughs> Your idea of Santa comes from a Coca Cola commercial. Well, I, I yeah. didn't go in that depth into a. <laughs> I just I just I said the idea of Santa, not like the actual history of the concept of Santa Claus. Uh, I said that the, the Santa himself. If he existed, it's a bourgeois pig <laughs> exploiting the labor of yeah. the elves. Yeah, that's true. And then talking about how, like, you know, you leave cookies and milk out for him because the cookies are filled with sugar. It's the same way that how employers give you coffee so you can keep working yeah, and not yeah. take your breaks and shit. He's a he's a terrible figure. But I have won the hat, huh. uh, which is always a good juxtaposition of my usual cheerfulness with a jolly mm-hmm. hat on my head we did um always worked you wore the job. hat during drunken christmas i wore the hat during drunken christmas yeah. hey. wherever i have a i have the hat here yeah. somewhere it's a black one i think i've worn it a couple times it's not it's not like a frequent <laughs> yeah. you know a, a part of my ensemble it it's not like that is it's true. like oh you know what'll really top off this this very nice blazer is a Santa hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't regularly reach for the Santa hat, but, but I, I know do you have yeah. one. You have regular use for. I've seen you uh, stuff bars of soap into it and bash things with it. <laughs> I've you know, like you did. Uh, I've seen you. I've seen you do that before. So it's also I not particularly a... good for for filling with soap. It doesn't have that kind of square like a pillowcase. That's true. Not like a sock. Yeah. You know, like but sock. no, because it's, it, it's, it's too shallow, right? It's that's not, true, it's but it has a alone. festive quality to it, right? So if you're going to go beat someone like you would in prison, you know, at least there's that weird puff ball at the end of it. it makes it feel there like is, a little bit. But it, it doesn't quite work, that, that conical shape of it. Mm. It doesn't that's true. Quite, it doesn't hold. Interesting. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, you know, you could actually put something inside of it to solidify it and stab someone with Dude, it. Dude, I forgot. I forgot, speaking of Santa, I forgot who it was who tweeted this last year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I saw it, like in the past few years where someone tweeted like parents you got to stop telling your kids that santa brought these gifts like especially like if you're coming from an underprivileged like black family like no this Mm -hmm. rich white man did not bring you these gifts like your parents worked hard for it and also like (laughs) it makes other kids like feel like they're not loved as much because like you know the family can't afford to like buy these lavish gifts and then like they think that Santa doesn't love them as much as they do their rich friends. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but uh, there's there's not a lot of uh, space to wokeify Christmas, to be honest yeah. with you. There just yeah. isn't. You know, two reasons. First, it's an overly commercialized mm-hmm. holiday as it is. There's not much you can do. You could try to teach your kids, the, you know, oh, your parents worked hard, but you're still you're still giving them, you know, materialist goods. Uh, for True. no reason, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Tying happiness fundamentally to commercial reason. Uh, two, 
it's meant to be magical, mm-hmm. right? It's like, don't, don't deny your kids the ability to believe yeah. in a little bit of wonder and magic in the world. What fascinates me, actually, is the difference between Christmas uh, at different places. So, for example, the United States' version of Christmas is really, really materialistic. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever come from a sort of immigrant family or you go to Christmas anywhere else, uh, Europe, etc., a lot of Christmas gifts are really practical, no, that's so like true. I, friends get stuff like school yeah. supplies, mm. or pencils, or yeah. hairbrushes, or, or like, a Peloton like, bike. Not, not, no. not no Peloton bike. <laughs> that's a very American thing. You know what I mean? Like it's like Americans are very much like I need to get that iPhone. I want to get that latest. You know, like it's very much about yeah, getting the best gift yeah. possible. Whereas, um, whereas a lot of other places, it's like a lot of small gifts kind of over a course of time so you get like uh some pencils on one day and you get some 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 shoes the other day and you get some brand new shirts it's a much more practical holiday Hmm. than it is here in the united states yeah definitely it's it's commercialized and what's worse is like the, the kind of as you know we've entered into the digital age christmas doesn't just mean shopping christmas means online shopping oh yeah yeah right and so what it results in some of the kind of worst time for people not only in retail but who oh, work God. in shipping ups yeah. fedex i felt so bad for my fedex and ups drivers today like yeah they're dreadful i mean i, I had someone uh, apparently the last uh, tenants who lived here, they ordered something that was just left by my door like two days ago. And I'm just like, I just left it by the door and I text them like, Hey, you, you've got some packages here, but it's like, it's one of those things. Like I try to avoid ordering anything around this time. Uh, it's just not worth it. It's too much of a hassle. Uh, it's not, it doesn't in any way, shape or form make it more convenient. It's also fucked up for the people who have to work during this time. But what's interesting is that, uh, this year, the you know holidays are coinciding with some of the kind of worst news for UPS. So just recently, uh, we we didn't cover this on our podcast, but there was a, a UPS driver that was caught up mm-hmm. in a shootout. This was a, a young guy, Frank uh, Ordonez, who was uh, originally worked on the packages, but the first now he was a driver. Uh, his uh, car yeah, gets hijacked bank robbers. by yeah. these jewelry store robbers Jeez. jewelry store robbers and there's a high speed chase that leads with the police uh chasing this this UPS driver and it ended it in a hail of bullets where i mean it was horrible people saw it live they ended up killing the driver they oh, ended geez. up killing everybody the cops were really it's one of those moments where like universally from the right to the left everybody looked at us and went wow this was really really badly done first of all the ups truck has a mm-hmm. gps on there you could just you know just follow it along it's not that big a deal two it's jewelry right like insurance yeah. is going to cover that yeah there wasn't like this need for a shootout but the cops like they used uh civilian cars mm-hmm. as their shields uh and they fired an open fire they, they also accidentally killed someone who wasn't even involved uh someone who was sitting in their car Man. Just, it was just one of those moments now they've doubled down they've said oh you know we did nothing wrong we had to do what we had to do well, of course they did and now they're asking for uh, video surveillance video from the other drivers, the passengers, mm-hmm. the civilians, right? 
Um, but it was one of those weird moments where cops were cosplaying and SWAT team. Like, what? Yeah, it's like Wars of War or yeah, some it shit. Sounds like a, out of an action movie, you know? Like they did. You they would see out much, of it. Yeah. If you yeah. see the video, you could see these little these guys acting like they were fucking. It literally, it's a it's a UPS truck that's been hijacked with jewelry. Yeah. Let it go. Follow it along for a little bit. Negotiate. So I mean, there's the a thing. million different ways you could. So uh, sorry to and, interrupt you because yeah. I remember hearing about this when it happened because I saw it on Twitter. I saw his sister tweet tweet about this right number one they didn't follow protocol like you're supposed to wait for you're supposed to wait for a swat team to do that you didn't they didn't do that right they they opened fire on a fucking highway they opened fire on a highway now the the reason they say is because the the uh, hijackers themselves opened fire first but Mm -hmm. that's because the cops surrounded them Right. So the, the, it was everything about this was wrong. But the it, weird kind of twisted aspect of this was that UPS put out a message thanking the police officers. Oh, we're so sorry. So and so died. But we thank our police officers. And it caused like such a huge backlash. Like, look at this employer piece of shit mm. who they've lost their employee. And their first thought is to thank the cop. Seriously. Right. Which is part part of the, the kind of discourse in America. You can't apparently no. insult troops or mm-hmm. cops. Right. Yeah, yeah, no matter what they do. Rash, yeah. Apparently there's this whole rash of like Starbucks issues in which cops are like complaining that they haven't gotten served or they've been insulted or all this other stuff and they get employees fired. One instance turned out to be completely false. The cop just had to wait in line <laughs> and he was offended by that. Oh, so there's like all this kind of uh, bullshit, but people really honed in on the UPS's response going, how fucked up is this? And it, it ended up with a lot of bad press, at least on the social media side of it. But someone recently tweeted out something interesting and said, has anyone noticed all the positive videos of the UPS drivers that have been showing up this time of year? And they're right, is that what ended up happening, and it hasn't been confirmed that the UPS has hired any kind of agency or anything but there's been a like a rash of guerrilla advertisement that's come out after this moment and all of them are candid videos of ups drivers going above and beyond ups drivers falling in the ice but still managing to get the package ups drivers uh getting candy from uh oh yeah yeah uh, place like all of these are like candid videos and someone pointed out that like many of these videos are like years old yeah or there's like but they're oh sorry Go, go. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I think I saw one the other day where it's like the dude's like shoveling snow in person, like a person's driveway and shit. Like, right, right. Yeah. That was, and it was pointed out that most of these videos have actually been uploaded to YouTube years ago, but they resurfaced again all at one point, which led the Twitter sleuths and the internet sleuths to point out that it was too convenient to be a coincidence, hmm. that it wasn't organic, but it was meant to be organic and authentic, that likely there was an advertisement agency or a PR agency. Uh, who had gotten involved and tried to organically uh, cr- fix this sort of bad image of the UPS? They bird boxed it. Known as guerrilla advertisement. They bird box it. What's interesting is that the guerrilla advertisement's not new, right? It's always existed, uh, and ever since movies, right? Ad placement, right? Why is it that in Marvel everyone drives an Audi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> everyone, yeah, yeah. no one points that out, right? It's like everybody drives an Audi in in Marvel. Uh, or or coke placements in the background. This is not uncommon. But what the internet has has done, and on the rise of social media, is the desire for some type of or authentic virality. 
they try to make it seem organic. They try to make it seem, you know, viral authentically, not like you don't see the hand of corporations behind it. It's actually quite insidious. But corporations do this. They hire out PR agencies who then come about and try to kind of fix uh, the image of whatever that company is by creating some type of viral campaign. Hmm. I guess that makes sense um, because I've seen, I mean, you mentioned the UPS thing and it's really funny because I didn't know much about it until you mentioned it to us. And then I realized that I have been seeing a lot of UPS hmm. stuff on Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, one of them literally the other day, like, you know, like a day or two ago and this, it, this thing went viral. This like, yeah. um, it was this uh, kind of this photographer who uh, was taking photos one day and the story, according to his story, it's like a random UPS driver asked to take his photo. So he yeah. took it. Right. And then the guy's like, I just want to find who took this picture. Cause it was the best one I had of the day. Can you guys on the internet find out who this UPS driver is? And it turns out, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's uh, this guy who, you know, his wife got in touch with the photographer named uh, Don real Lunkin. And, you know, and mm -hmm. the thing went viral, went huge. And now the dude's real popular and everyone's trying to tell UPS, oh, we need to make him a, you know, like, a, you know, an ad guy or you need to do something to special for him for Christmas and shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's something got, you know, it's got a couple hundred thousand likes or something on Twitter right now. Yeah. And then there was between yeah. that, the shoveling in the snow thing, right, that I was talking about before. And there's yeah. also that, uh, what is it, where people are like putting videos on their ring systems right of like yeah, them leaving yeah. out like snacks for like delivery drivers and people getting yeah, really excited yeah. yeah now the thing is it's it can be that all these people are organically taking these photos yeah right? yeah no one paid that person to upload their ring video but what's happening is that corporations are finding them and then collating them and making them go viral yeah i mean it's like right? signal boosting anything right like like that's exactly what's happening yeah. here and that's what's interesting right it's like there's this this desire for authenticity as a way to sell is one of those things about uh corporate advertisement now that i think probably disturbs me the most mm -hmm. right they really mm -hmm. want everything to be authentic they don't want it to just be an advertisement. They want to sell you, like we mentioned last week, an experience, right? Yeah, yeah. They want you to sympathize. They want you to be like, oh, I am that UPS driver. Oh, I totally <laughs> mood, right? Yeah. Like, that's what they want. And it's a very insidious form of, of advertisement because it's often done to kind of uh, – plaster over something very serious in this case ups literally going oh thanks for shooting our driver yeah 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 jeez you know yeah. I, mean? Well, I mean you i mean you put it in the the most blunt way possible but it's true right like holy shit it's like if you put it yeah. literally to that point my god like it's so fu it's fucking <laughs> it's ridiculous twisted, right yeah this is why i find these types of types of advertisements uh so disturbing so in addition to the usual christmas like bizarreness of american commercialism versus for example uh british versions of christmas are very different i also find that the introduction of this new form of advertisement makes this time of year even more disturbing for me it's like all right american commercialism is bad enough as it is it's even worse now that you have corporations trying to outdo one another by creating fake authentic you know viral campaign strategies yeah i mean i don't imagine it's much better it's like now uh you know, the Wendy's Twitter and all that shit, right? All these, yeah, all the companies yeah. are really in the Netflix sex tweet thing that happened before, Yeah, you yeah. know, with all that weird. Yeah, it's like there's a it's this weird thing where literally the social media allows them, these corporations to become humans in the 
kind of in the most kind of superficial sense, but people really do it respond to it, which I think it happened is, with yeah. the kind of shows that, that Popeye's chicken sandwich, man. They said um, for like a, a company to have advertised that much uh, over the first weekend that the Popeye's chicken sandwich would have came out, it would have cost them like upwards of like 15 to $20 million. Mm-hmm. But because like of how many people Jeez. got to hear about the Popeye's chicken sandwich or got to see about it based on all the tweets and stuff. Like that's a, you know, it, it brought them in. I think it brought them seventy million dollars worth of revenue, of like people buying those sandwiches. Yeah, so it's nuts. Wow. Like, and and now they're making the commercials with your own videos and shit. Yeah, people got stabbed over that sandwich, which I understand. You know, I, I've I never had this. It wasn't bad. To be honest with you, it's good. I've had Popeyes before. It is but not the sandwich. You know, it's it's very good. Um, com- you know, per personal opinion, I enjoy it over the uh, Chick Fil A sandwich because it doesn't have that tinge yeah. of homophobia uh, mixed into the seasoning. <laughs> I was gonna say that's, that's pickle juice. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> it's the uh, you know may- maybe it's because uh, Popeyes didn't try to convert the chicken before <laughs> it became maybe. part of the sandwich. You know, um. Though Popeyes is the uh, chicken place I eat at the least because is most it? of their stuff is made with pork. Yeah, yeah, a lot of their yeah. a lot of their yeah. stuff. It's like There's very un- they're considered to be the least vegetarian I mean, uh, chicken place. Yeah, their green beans got like meat in it, so like yeah. you know, like- even even their their sides, their um, mashed potatoes, the gravy uh. is entirely so- is sausage based. Uh, the beans are yeah. cooked in bacon grease. Yeah. So it's very like overtly straight up southern. I think like the only yeah the only thing you can eat there. Like, what is, about the fries? Is I think the biscuits. Even the sweet even the sweet tea has pork in it. Even even the uh, fries I think are. I think the fries are the only thing that fries, biscuit, mac, mac and cheese, and the ch- chicken, and that's it. It's not very the mac good. and cheese. Yeah. I wouldn't trust either. It is what it is, man. <laughs> I, I I like that sandwich. It was good. I had oh, it the other man. day for the first time. It's better than the the spicy one's better than the original one. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, why would you go to Popeyes and not get the know, spicy chicken? Makes no sense. Make sure, man. Um, yeah, uh, I got I ridiculous. got disappointed recently. You guys you guys showed me something that disappointed me. Unlike the Popeyes chicken sandwich, um, that tweet that J.K. Rowling put out. Like, like that mm, shit, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just rubbed yeah. me completely the wrong way. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, you two know what's up. But for those who don't know what's up, uh, there's a lady named Maya uh, Forestater. Um, so she's a tax expert whose uh, employment contract was not renewed with the UK um, based Center for Global Development because she sent out some tweets where she said, Men cannot change into women. Uh, people who I admire are tying themselves in knots to avoid saying the truth that men cannot change into women because that might hurt men's feelings. Um, and like she then tried mm-hmm. to like sue um, the uh, CGD to, you know, get back in. Um, so, so she like crowdfunded money for her legal fees. Uh, yeah. And they always do. So luckily, uh, the judge whose name was judge James Taylor ruled against her um, saying that like absolutist in her views of sex and its core component of her belief that she will refer to a person by the sex she considered appropriate, even if it violates their dignity and or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. The approach is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. Yeah. 
Like, so like big up for the judge to doing that. Cause like had, had the judge like gone in her favor, um, it would have meant that like she could have taken legal action against the CGD. So, um, yeah, though, and we should also note that, that, uh, those type of lawsuits yeah. don't do too well in, in England. Slander, libel lawsuits are a little bit more tricky and, and employment. They're a little bit yeah. trickier. And then, so that out. JK Rowling tweeted after like, Dress how you please, call yourself whatever you like, yeah. sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a... It's interesting because there's been a massive backlash from the Harry Potter fandom who have been like, oh, shit. She's a... She's a you know, transphobe and whatnot, but those who have been following her for a while know that her politics have been mm. funky at best. Yeah. At best. But, you know, that I think the tweet for a lot of people was the yeah. strong and then, um, the cameras back. Mark Hamill actually liked the tweet and then someone called him out on it. And, uh, I mean, his response yeah. was like, you know, ignorance isn't an excuse. I read the first four lines and that's what I liked. I didn't see what she had posted after and like what it meant, you know? Yeah. I mean, most people were commenting that Mark Hamill's yeah. tweet was the right response. Like that's how you acknowledge it. Oh, my bad. Cause I do that shit all the time. I think like, there. um, you know, like I like things and from people, like someone will post something funny on Twitter. Like it'll just, I'll see like a funny tweet and I'll like it or I'll retweet it. And then you'll comment and be like, why are you retweeting white supremacist Diz or and Yeah, you Yeah, I've done, I've done I've done that a couple of times. V's done it a couple of times too. And it's not just because uh, you know, you guys are idiots, which you are, but it's because uh it's hard on Twitter. You don't realize you don't you know who that person is, what their ideology always is. It's because mm-hmm. Twitter is fragmented, right? So you find this one thing that's really cool, you're like, oh I like this, and like, oh then you yeah, click on their profile. People. It's like, oh shit. This person's yeah. a raging homophobe. And, and it's hard to that. tell, man. I don't know, man. Like, um, I was telling you guys this last week when we were recording because I, I retweeted um, with a comment about a tweet from uh, AJ Plus where a young woman uh, who was 17 years old named Nikki, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, Kun uh, Hansen. Um, I'm, I'm really sorry if I, if I butcher the pronunciation of that. But... Um, she was murdered and her body was, was like thrown, like dumped because, you know, they found out that she was trans, you know, she was 17 years old and she's the 24th, mm-hmm. like trans or nine or 20, 24th trans or nine non-binary person who was killed this year, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I posted it with the comment saying like that, like, you know, some of you guys will normalize this because of the stuff you say, like it, like. And I put in quotes, like, if I found out that my girl was trans, I'd kill her. And um, so I. Wait, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. I don't believe They so. weren't even dating, were they? They yeah. were just talking on, online, if I'm not mistaken. And like, no, no, I know. Not that it um, makes any difference. Which, no, which, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's just, so like I posted that on Twitter and then I also posted it on Instagram, right? Because like I have more followers on Instagram than I do mm-hmm. Twitter, and the people that I 
that follow me on Instagram are some of the guys who've said shit like that in the past. And like, you know, I got some responses where like, it was like some people were like, oh, you know, I don't agree with trans people, but you know, to kill them or to be violent towards them, that's wrong. And then like one guy flat out like asked me like, what would you do if you found out like the girl you were dating was a guy? All right. And my response was simply like trans women are women. Right. And like, that wasn't good enough for him. Yeah. Right. He's like, well, you have a temper, you know, like you, you're the most short fused person I know. Like, I'm like, what are you implying that I, I would like assault someone because they're trans? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, that's really offensive to in all sorts of levels, offensive towards uh, trans women, offensive towards you implying that you have a murderous rage uh, or, or no self-control, which is kind of weird. Uh, that's not someone I would consider a friend if they said that, but this is, this is a, one of those weird dude fantasies or, or like like it exists in a fantasy world like oh trans yeah. women are out there to trick us you know what i mean like like what are you talking about trans women aren't out there trying to trick dudes convincing them oh look we're trying to like I, like i don't understand what the with like the implications there that's not what what's happening trans women are trying to live according to the gender that they mm-hmm. feel that they are the gender their true gender right they feel that they're women and they're trying to live as authentically as possible. That's it. But the fear and the anxiety here has nothing to do with uh, what trans women are doing because they're, that's not what's happening. This anxiety is fundamentally rooted in, in its form of uh, internalized misogyny and homophobia and transphobia, right? These are people who uh, find themselves attracted mm-hmm. to that person. And that is what frightens them. Yeah, right. That they're attracted because they're like, oh, so-and-so is not actually a woman. They are a woman, right? But they're, they're, that's the conflict that they're playing. It's fundamentally about – it's the same reason. Much of uh, homophobia, right, dudes that are homophobic, it, it stems out of what? It stems out of, a, of an insecurity about masculinity that somehow it means that they are less of a guy yeah. that some yeah. other guy is gay. You know what I mean? Similarly, there is this is fundamentally it tells us more about the person who is expressing those thoughts than it is any type of, you know, commentary on relationships between trans women and and dudes. This is a completely fabricated story used to justify what is fundamentally violence towards trans women. That's what it is. It's a it's a way to justify it. Anyone who says, if I find out my girl, that's what you're doing. You're justifying violence. You're justifying attacks, assaults, rapes, murders, etc. That's that's it. Plain and simple. There's no conversation there. There's no debate there. There's no what if there. And this is why I'm a big believer in not even entertaining that conversation. There is no what if. What would you do? No, no, no. There is no what would you do. What you're doing right now is justifying murder and assault. No, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'd attack that person. But if I, no, no, that's what you're doing. Someone has been murdered. Her body has been dumped somewhere, and now you're finding a way to justify the murder of that young girl. I mean, we've already seen this before in history. I mean, recent history, anyway. I mean, the North Carolina bathroom bill in 2016. Mm. I mean, it's essentially the same argument. 
Yeah. You know, we're, uh, you know, people were talking about this shit too. We're somehow the, you know, not being able to, you know, talking about how people didn't identify or, you know, people who identified as women were still men in essence, you know, was mm-hmm. kind of the issue behind these bathroom bills and about how somehow it being unsafe for people who were quote unquote real women, mm-hmm. uh, w- was a big issue. Right. And it's also, it's, I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. I mean, we haven't heard anything about there being any issue with the bathroom laws going on or with, you know, with, with trans women, I, I guess, assaulting, you know, like uh, women in a bathroom or anything. So but that's the thing, though, right? It's like all of this discourse, they treat trans women as predators. When the reality here is, this is the case that Diz is bringing out, the real predators are who? The guys. Yeah. The guys yeah. killing the trans women. Trans women are assaulting people. They're not killing people. They're not murdering people. They're they're not the problem. Yeah, like the when, problem uh, are the guys. I remember when the whole North Carolina thing was going on. Like, I I had like friends who had parents. Like, well, I wouldn't feel safe. Like, if my daughter went to a bathroom and some guy in a wig was in there, and I'm like, bro, realistically, statistically speaking, like you're more likely to molest your child than a stranger is, or like one of your friends or one of your family members, like. Mm statistically like when when kids get like assaulted or molested it's more than likely somebody that they actually know you know like and the fact that you think that people are just gonna dress up in wigs and then be like well i identify as a woman now just to go into a bathroom and like fondle your your child is kind of fucked up you know like Mm. i didn't so v, v didn't there was a like a backlash from the entertainment industry towards North Carolina, right? Like uh, yeah, there's also sports and whatnot. Georgia also had something along those lines, and you know, film Georgia is a huge industry. So yeah. um, that ultimately, there was some backlash. You know, a couple of people refused to do their shows out there, yeah. things like that. But I don't think it actually hurt as much as as they thought it did. I mean, a lot of those places ended up passing laws that were that weren't uh, that weren't what the original you know what the original laws were they had to really do a lot of negotiation yeah. but laws still passed nonetheless yeah. you know and that's uh, i think that in and of itself is an inherent issue yeah yeah what's interesting is that the debates in in england and the debates in america are very different how so uh, in this regards transphobia exists in in both mm-hmm. right but what we're seeing in, in england is a co-opting of feminist language so Maya is, sees herself as a feminist. J.K. Rowling sees herself as a feminist, uh-huh. right? So this is this is a co-opting of it, and is what people refer to as the turf, right? And the, this is a you know trans exclusionary radical feminist is the uh, appellation or the description of these people that they define themselves as feminists, but feminists that exclude trans identities this has an actual history here there is a feminist discourse that emerged a germaine greer one of the more popular kind of second wave feminists is seen as someone who is very anti-trans despite doing a kind of brilliant work in in feminist studies and doing kind of uh, kind of really interesting uh interrogation activism and analysis and scholarly a- analysis in the feminist circles, more recently, she's become associated with with being a turf, with being this exclusionary towards trans people, and she has said and stuff just like Maya has that oh, you know, men can't become women, and so on and so forth. 
Um, and so there is a sort of feminist discourse that exists, and we find this in, in Great Britain in particular, in England, this language of, of women who, are, uh, who see themselves as feminists rejecting trans people in the sports arena in particular. So we find various uh, female sports athletes or sportscasters, uh, sports broadcasters in England who have co-opted this language. And what we're seeing here is is using feminism as a way of uh, excluding trans women. But what no one is pointing out is that these women are clearly aligning with the right wing of Britain. Mm-hmm that they're aligning themselves with the most right-wing political movements. So this is a feminism that is kind of a bizarre feminism. It exists out there and people claim to be feminists. Um, It falls back on a sort of biological determinism that feminism was meant to break away from. So at the heart of feminism is the idea that people aren't defined by biology, that they're not defined uh, their futures aren't determined by their genetic makeup, their chromosomal makeup, etc. That instead, what we call men and women are fundamentally constructed through social relations, gender mm-hmm. power, right? Patriarchy, etc. Defines what is a woman's role, what is a man's role. That there is these kind of all these kind of attending, shifting power dynamics within this idea of gender and sex. And even scientifically speaking, what we call binary sex doesn't really exist. That sex actually exists in this kind of complicated, messy way. Intersex people exist. Uh, that people who have uh, chromosomes that don't map out on the kind of simplistic sixth grade biology mm-hmm. that we learn, right? So it's, it's far messier than, than we're willing to give it credit for but this new kind of anti-trans feminism what they call feminism has by doubling down on biological determinism gender may be a construct but sex is real and that's what jk rowling said Mm -hmm. fundamentally right that sex is real therefore there are men and there are women but that doesn't map out either historically, sociologically, or even bio- biologically. It's not actually accurate. It's far messier and more complicated than that. So there's a kind of there's a more insidious element to the British debate than there is to the American debate. The American debate is pretty overtly transphobic. It's tied mostly to the Christian right. It's like where is this happening? North Carolina, Georgia, places like that. Whereas the British debate is much more kind of uh, coded in feminist language, coded in the language of rights of women. When people put out that hashtag, hashtag standing with, with Maya, what was it about? Supporting women? Yeah. It was supporting women, right? But it's about, uh, you know, hey, this is one of the reasons why uh, Mark Hamill clicked like on it because it sounds good stand with maya stand with this woman who's being oppressed when the reality is that she's the one doing the oppressing right so this is an interesting kind of way is is the branding and hashtagging of the turfs i think it's important to realize too how different language is now i mean we talked about it with okay boomer and everything kind of jocularly a couple weeks ago but, you know, now it's interesting because you have these hashtags like I stand with Maya. There's the other one. This is not a drill. I don't really know what that one means. Honestly, I try to look it up, but there wasn't a whole lot on there. But those things, you know, will actually 
like the Mark Hamill tweet is interesting because he basically says that like everything about the tweet was fine, but he didn't realize what the hashtags meant. Yeah. You know, the implication that the hashtags, you know, have their own kind of language, have their own implications that are connected with them, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, which is is interesting because, you know, originally kind of start off as a way of of labeling specific things. Right. The idea behind them being that you want to almost categorize subjects through a hashtag. And now it's like they're almost like signposts as to like uh, as to certain meanings. Blue Lives Matter. Right. Means a very specific thing. Or that hashtag means a very specific thing that isn't, you know, that that implies a lot, it has a, a much more it's a heavier message behind it than, you know, than I think people who would look at it superficially realize, yeah. you know, or even better. All lives matter. That's another one that's completely, you know, that that has a it has a double meaning in the sense that the words themselves technically don't sound negative, but the implications that are behind them, the implied meanings behind them is so much heavier and honestly infinitely more insidious. Yeah. So, you know, that, that I stand with Maya has a lot of weight to it that I don't think some people necessarily understand. Yeah. And I think that the discourse online in particular is shaped by these hashtags, right? So we've seen how uh, people use hashtags to deploy and organize a political activism online, right? So it's not just, uh, you know, I'm using even people use hashtags ironically, right? They use hashtags as a way of humor, but now it also conveys and signposts, as you pointed out, that you're part of a group. So uh, we saw drain the swamp, uh, you know, the storm is coming, follow the white rabbit. We're all hashtag Q, Q and on. This was all part of the, like, these were the hashtags in America. In particular, that signpost that you were part of a fringe right wing movement. Mm-hmm. Anyone who saw them, oh yeah, these people are fucking crazy, right? But yeah. they can also be used to really kind of convey or, or conceal some really dangerous rhetoric. So the I stand with Maya, again, sounds very innocuous. Sounds perfectly like, oh, you're supporting a woman, right? When in reality, what you're doing is you're supporting the oppression of trans women, right? That you're supporting yeah. this, this, this idea that, that women must be exclusively defined biologically, right? Which has implications for everybody. This is what I meant when I said that the kind of culture wars have manifest differently. American culture wars are white identity politics that is generally branded using these kind of uh, coded uh, arguments, free speech, etc. Right? British, the British culture debate is civilizational much more civilizational. It's rooted in gender. It's rooted in class. Here, women like Maya and J.K. Rowling see themselves as progressives. This is not the right wing uh, fighting against the left wing. This is not a political clash. They see this fundamentally. They see themselves as center left, as liberals, as progressives, or as feminists, even though they're TERFs, right? They see themselves as feminists. Oh, well, I'm a feminist. I'm fighting for women's rights. Right wingers in America aren't saying they're fighting for women's rights. You know what I mean? Like the debate over Mm -hmm. abortion isn't like, oh, I'm fighting for women's rights. It's about the regulating and controlling. It's about male patriarchy. Whereas in Britain, the culture wars are a little bit more insidious in this way, that these people can present themselves as reasonable. Here, universally in America, you go, if someone's a transphobe, that person is transphobic, 
right? No one's mm-hmm. sitting there going, oh, well, they're actually really great feminists. Whereas in Great Britain, Jermaine Greer still gets invited on all these talk shows as the as a brilliant feminist, even though all of her recent work is very transphobic, right? Or as I stand with Maya or J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling's work is still touted as progressive and liberal, and it has somehow uh, awoken up a whole culture of people, and yet her politics is transphobic. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the first time like she's gotten into it with like the LGBTQ community. Um, like after she uh, she posted about Dumbledore being gay, like like yeah, that's great. You you had a gay character, but you didn't tell anyone that he was gay while the books were out. Retroactively, he was gay. Yeah, like yeah, you told us after the fact, after you already made your billions of dollars, no, right? It was safe, and then. Yeah, right. And then even in Fantastic Beasts 2, like it kind of alluded to the fact that he and um what's his face were dating? Um Johnny Depp's character, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um but like they never actually talked about it, right? And then David Yates, yeah, Grindelwald. Yeah, that's that was the name of the damn movie. I should own that. Um but even David Yates, the director said that like, you know, she didn't write that in the script. Like mm-hmm. so she just she she wants to sound like this champion and this ally and like I'm using the word ally loosely here, but when in fact, you know, like she's really not like for all the shit talking that you do to Donald Trump about like how terrible of a person he is, like mm-hmm. you're not doing anything that's better for like the LGBTQ community, especially like if you're excluding like the T in that, right? Like yeah. you can't just yeah, be an ally the for she the pro- LG. She presents herself as progressive. That's the thing. This kind of the British culture debate here is, is so fascinating to me is that she sees herself as liberal, as progressive, as an ally, despite these things. Yeah. And I'm, you know, a lot of Harry Potter fans were upset and like justifiably so, right? Like for us, it's like, especially like growing up with Harry Potter, it's a part of our childhood. And then like, to see this, it's like, damn, like, you're so inundated with it, you know, and like, it's become like a marker for people. And when I go on dates, like I tell people, like, you know, I'm a Hufflepuff, oh you know, like, that's, <laughs> I ask people, like, especially most, like if they're, if, it's if they're the fans of thing I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, man, if they're Harry Potter fans too, bro, it's, it's like something to talk about. Like, all right, well, I'm a Hufflepuff, like, oh, all right, I'm a Slytherin, and, you know, like, it's 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 used like for our identity and stuff you know and like um ashley perez who uh was formerly of buzzfeed and she's a writer now for uh good for you so she tweeted something that i think was perfect in response to to for harry potter fans uh she said and for heartbroken trans harry potter fans remember what hagrid said after being outed as half giant i am what i am and i'm not ashamed never be ashamed my old dad used to say there's some who hold it against you, but they're not worth bothering with. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a feel-good message and and whatnot. But also, let's wake the fuck up. Y'all are in your 20s and 30s. Harry Potter needs to stop being your fucking personality trait. Shut up, man. You know? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I'm, putting out that. I'm saying this as a person who loves Harry Potter, who's enjoyed it. But it's like, stop making it your personality. This is This is the weird stage of capitalism that we over identify with the shit that we consume it was an okay book series it was a fun movie series that's it 
Stop making it the end-all, be-all of who you are. And you won't be disappointed when it turns out that the authors who have billions of dollars are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm not heartbroken that she turned out to be a turf because Harry Potter isn't the end-all, be-all of my fucking personality. Don't go out there and make everything about yourself this one thing that you consumed when you were a child. Why? Because that's how corporations rely on you buying their products, making them famous, you know, making them go viral. At the end of the day, Harry Potter was just another series. It was a good one. It was entertaining. It was fun. But it doesn't need to become so intrinsic to who you are as a person. This is this is kind of the bizarre. There's, there's guy. This woman, I think, I forgot who it was, but on Twitter, uh, who when Trump won the election in 2016, uh, tweeted out, Hufflepuffs, you know, gather together, remember that we we help each other out. Slytherin, this is the time. Like, did this whole, like, cold arms in the language of Harry Potter. And I'm sitting there going, people are going to die. People are going to get uh, discriminated against, and you people are fucking cosplaying as wizards. And this week in uh, How Ali Ruins Your Childhood has been a, a great just, episode. I'm just saying, listen, uh, am I wrong here? Am I wrong here? Come on, both of you tell me, am I wrong here? If you over-identify with the stuff that you consume, then you leave yourself you leave yourself so vulnerable. Your identity becomes that thing. And then when the author of that thing screws up, it's a direct attack against your personality. I mean, you're against your identity. You're not Come on. you're not wrong, but I still hate you for it. Like I hate you for being I'm just, right. I'm just saying. I look, I'm not don't I'm not saying don't be love Harry Potter, don't be a fan of it. Do whatever you want that makes you happy, go for it. Just stop over-identifying. That's my only thing. It's like not everything needs to be made into a personality trait, right? You ship a character, great. You love a book series, wonderful. You're really into a movie, cool. Fandoms are fun. Just don't don't make it the end all be all of who you God are. Damn it! You loved books so much as a child. You identified with loving books so much that now you're a fucking historian and you write books. So don't tell us how yeah, to I live, love man. Books, but but here's the thing: I love books. The no single book do I over identify with. No single book is like my personality. But brother, what about the Quran? No That's a book. <laughs> you're a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that's it. I got. I, I refuse to go any further in this conversation because you just ruined it. <laughs> um, we'll end the podcast here. Hopefully, this was an interesting one. Uh, we're gonna come back next week and do a review of the rise of Skywalker. So bear that in mind. This is like a like a super early spoiler alert warning system. Uh, that if you don't want to hear spoilers, we are going to be covering uh, the rise of Skywalker uh, next week. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your experience with guerrilla advertisement or what you think about this entire debate, uh, this podcast is a very strong ally of the LGBTQ community and thinks that the T is an essential part of the LGBTQ uh, community uh, and support believes that trans women are women and trans men are men and non-binary people are non-binary and we support that um but what about your your engagement with the debate do you understand what's going on here are you following along the kind of turf debates in uh great britain or or the transphobic uh bathroom bills here in the united states let us know your thoughts let us know your thoughts about uh if an author or or some content creator that you really loved 
whether it's YouTube or whatnot, really let you down? What did that tell you about, you know, your connection to that creator or whatnot? And you can let us know. Uh, Diz will let you know how you can do yes, that. Yes, you can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com, YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. We're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. Um, please give us a five-star rating and a review. If you have already, you're amazing. If you haven't, what the hell are you waiting for? And expose your friends to Currently Nerdy. You're not a true friend unless you've made your friends listen to Currently Nerdy. So uh, do that. If you want to get a hold of us if in- individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTran214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214. My website, thesandwichslayer.com. Lee? You can catch me on my website at alialomi.com on social media, A-A-O-L-O-M-I, on our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbullet, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-H. And uh, the next episode of Currently Nerdy Sports is coming out shortly. We're going to do a yen, uh, year-end uh, award show. And then, uh, so go check that out, soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember... Stay smart, six. Oh, hell. Hey,